Hey guys, welcome back to Game Changers Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, really happy to see you and the support we've been getting on the channel, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and everywhere. So thank you guys again. Today I, have with a, today I have with me a really special guest, Jonathan Javier, CEO of Wonsulting, ex-Google, ex-Snapchat, ex-Cisco. I've been, I've been hearing about Jonathan from everybody, literally Jaden was telling me about this guy and um, and one of my good friends, Roman, tells me about him all the time. So I'm like, I need to meet him. So welcome on the podcast, Jonathan. Uh, thank you both for having me. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's definitely a pleasure having you on. And uh, I'm excited to, I guess, learn about everything you have to share about Wansol thing, because especially with everything going on right now, um, I guess it'd be best if you kind of t- tell us what Wansol thing actually is. Yeah, man. So... Consulting, uh, it's a career consulting company, which mission is to turn underdogs into winners. So helping those who come from non-traditional backgrounds and non-target schools, and then help them get into their dream careers. So yeah, we've done over a hundred speaking engagements in the past year and a half. I've had the privilege of doing so many, which has been incredible. Um, but yeah, we've helped tens of thousands of students get into their careers, especially during these times of COVID-19 where you see a lot of people losing their jobs, whether they're being laid off or furloughed, we've been able to help them get back into their careers. And it's been really amazing to say the least. And what's crazy, the crazy part is, is that the things that we teach are so simple that it can be done less than 30 seconds. And that is what's a very important aspect, especially for one consulting, because the job process should not be difficult whatsoever. It should be mm-hmm. simple yet effective. So what's an example of that? I'm curious to see. So teach me something in 30 seconds about getting a job that yeah. I, sh- I wouldn't know. Yeah. So people always ask me, how do you get the interview questions during your interview? Do you guys know the answer to that question? Nope. You literally go ask the recruiter. <laughs> okay. Why do I say this? Right. People don't, people think like the recruiter is not going to help you, but when in fact recruiters will help you, because if you get hired specifically from a recruiter, their metrics are based off of how many hires they get. Especially if you're a diverse hire, then their metrics or KPIs will be met. So the worst thing that can happen when you ask a recruiter is they simply say no, but the best thing that can happen is they give you the interview questions. Why I tell this to people is because people get scared to ask those questions because they think it's taboo, when in fact it's not taboo, it's just how you grew up, grew up. especially with the culture, for Asian culture. It, in Asian culture, you're always asked, you know, don't ask, don't talk to strangers or don't ask for help when in fact you have to ask for help because if you never ask, the answer is always no. So yeah, that's something that's super simple yet super effective wow. and yet no one knows about it. <laughs> so I guess I don't, I don't need to spend uh, four or five hours kind of prepping up what questions I, I could be asked and uh, looking up online what other people have been asked is just ask the recruiter. Simple. Exactly. Like it's, you have to just ask like people get the misconception that asking is going to, no one is going to, for example, like let's say you're interviewing at Apple and no one's going to be like Jonathan, because you asked this question, I'm going to rescind your offer. I'm not going to interview you anymore. It's a very (laughs) false myth. So yeah, just ask and you might receive. Awesome. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, with uh, you having your past history and for people that are listening, that was just a small example of what Jonathan had to share. And we're going to have a lot of that throughout the podcast, uh, a lot of his wisdom and his experience on he's, he's helped so many people get jobs in you know, some of the best companies in the world, Apple, Google, Snap, all these companies. 
And it's funny that, you know, looking into your past, you actually left some of these companies. You were working at Google and Cisco and, um, you know, uh, Snap as well at some point in your life. I'm curious, you know, you know, an average person, like let's say if um, anybody would say, hey, you know, would you leave a company like Google to start your own business? A lot of the, most, most of the people would say no. So I'm curious to hear your thought process behind that and even your thought process behind consulting. Yes, great question. So the question is this, if I didn't have Snapchat, Google or Cisco on my headliner and I had my own career consulting firm, would you believe that I could help people get into companies? Probably not, no. Exactly. Yeah. So the reason why I've worked at Snapchat, Google or Cisco is because of the name aspect. Unfortunately, we live in a world today where people base someone's perception or someone's character based off a company name but that's how life is right so the reason why i worked in these three companies was because i wanted to work in each top company in software hardware and startup what i did was i took the process that i learned from these companies and i implemented them directly into consulting because why reinvent the wheel when you can in fact simply go to a company that has been successful is making billions of dollars per year take the processes that aren't proprietary and put into your own company right? And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think the mistake that people make is that they go into entrepreneurship and they go straight into it and they don't have a plan. They're just like, okay, I'm going to go try it out. I'm going to go build my own business. Okay. You can try that. Right. But why not just go look at companies that are already successful and sort of replicate it. So the example yeah. that I always say is like, if you're trying to open up a pokey shop, like pokey's like pokey seafood, right? How would you open it up? How would you know how to run the operations or management? You'd work at another pokey store first, be an employee, because then you get to see the internal process of everything of how it works, how the food is distributed, et cetera, put into your own company. And so that is the reason why I've worked at all three of those companies, because for Snapchat, I worked for user operations, which was basically communicating with customers, which I do for consulting. For Google, I did ads. So how to scale out ads in order to basically go to different markets, which I do for consulting in the future. And then Cisco's community building. How do you build community? And that's exactly what I do for consulting too, as well with our groups. And that is the strategy behind each one. Yeah. People all the time, guys, people all the time ask me, Jonathan, why have you left all these companies? Like I would want to stay there forever. These people are usually the people that have never worked there. It's because they have this perceptions, that personal branding aspect of these companies that then depicts how a person is. And unfortunately, the world is like that. Yeah. So, uh, so you are uh, working at Cisco right now, and you're building one salting at the same time. So, some people out there, like uh, like me personally, I'd like to try to get experience climbing the corporate ladder, but then also run my own business at the same time. And I'm sure there's lots of other people that want that as well. So you think? So like you think it's easy for or not easy but it's possible that someone can work at a corporation and build their own business at the same time 100 percent. and how you do that is simply you go into a role that is tailored towards the business you're trying to build and it's important to do that because let's say that i am trying to build a product i'm trying to build out let's just say i'm building out a career consulting firm that's specifically tailored towards building resumes would I get into a marketing role? No, probably not. But would I get into a product manager role? Yeah. The reason being is because as a product manager, you can build out the product, 
Imagine you doing that for, let's say, a big resume company, like, let's just say Juan Solting, hopefully in the future, right? I mean, it's kind of big right now, sort of, but uh, no flex. <laughs> so uh, flex. But like, you know what I mean? So, like, imagine that. You work as a product manager for a company, then you put it into your own company because you just learn. You're basically building out a product for a company because you're learning about the experiences, and then you implement it to your own company. Like I said before, don't reinvent the wheel. Like, you don't have to. Don't do that. Yeah, that's sweet. That's like a, like in Rich Dad Poor Dad when he goes and learns sales at this one job and then learns this at the other job. That's exactly cool. that, right? So make sure that it's very transferable skills. And it's, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you got to have those transferable skills, which will allow you to grow and advance not only for your corporate career, but for your entrepreneurship side. Yeah. And even on top of that, you know, it reminds me, um, it's kind of like, like what you said. So instead of just making money from the job, you also get to learn about the job role itself. But, you know, even to make it the perfect condition would be even working for someone who is the ideal role, mo role model as a leader, as a company, even like a lot of the times I've seen many entrepreneurs even suggest to me, say, hey, Harsh, you know, if you want to start your own business, uh, one of the greatest things you can do is work for a small business and watch how it grows and get, you know, be very close with the founder and watch how they lead a team of people and how they run the business. And that really kind of gives you an in on, you know, what it actually takes to run a business and whatever it may be and what it really takes to be a good leader of a company. That's good. No, that's good advice. I would say, yeah, especially if it's in a field or industry that you're interested in getting into and they have a product that you believe in then yeah, I'd definitely be very involved with that. Would you, and you got to ask yourself this question, would you be a big fish in a small pond, small pond or a small fish in a big pond? That's what you got to ask yourself, especially when you're choosing the company that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you worked at Snapchat when they were having their IPO, their initial public offering on the stock market. So you got to see like the ins and outs on how that worked. If you were in the position, that you built a company and you were in the position to like list it on like the New York stock exchange, make it public. Would you do that? Or would you choose not to like, what were the conflicts and benefits that you saw throughout, throughout uh, the company's culture? Good question. So, yeah, I mean, if I were to put it on the New York stock exchange, I would have to have, of course, a set plan for like five year, 10 year plan. You can't just basically just be like, okay guys, we're, we're IPOing. You got to have a scalable model for sure. And I would do that if I need the money. So if I need investors, if I need VCs to invest into my company and I don't have enough of that money, then I'll put that specifically on the public trading offering so people can invest. But right now, like for consulting, like if I would do it right now, I'd probably wouldn't because right now I don't even guys, I don't even have expenses, like barely any expenses. The only expenses yeah. that I have are basically paying our interns. That's it. So like the reason why I say this is because I want to run a lot of different ad side, especially when we release our course. So I'm still waiting on that to be resolved in the next month. So yeah, I mean, not, I haven't been looking at any VCs or anything like that yet um, until you get that scalable model, which we've been doing actually really well uh, considering that we have no expenses or anything like it's pretty good. <laughs> say the least. Mm. Great. Um, so, you know, obviously going off of that, um, and even with the entire situation with how things are going on with COVID and everything happening. So I'm curious to know, you know, one of the biggest things that people are worried about is uh, the economy and people losing their jobs and unemployment. 
And yeah. a lot of people have actually been, you know, with the CERB in Canada and everything. A lot of people have lost their jobs, uh, but the government has supported. But I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, what are you suggesting to people in this time? Let's say I go out and I'm looking for a job in this current job market. How can I get a job in my field of interest or even any job in general? Yeah, so how you get a job right now is you don't apply to it, you get referred. The reason why I say this is because what's happening right now are thousands of people are applying to jobs when in fact these jobs aren't even hiring. Or even worse is that they're just sending in thousands of applications and they think that they're going to hear back from one when in fact they don't hear back from any. It's the false misconception of the system because the system teaches us that if you send in more applications, you'll receive feedback from more of them. And in fact, the system doesn't work like that. So what people should be doing is networking on LinkedIn, creating LinkedIn content for sure. You have to create LinkedIn content. You can't use it passively, use it actively. The reason why I say this too as well is because a lot of people have this conception that if they post LinkedIn content, they're gonna annoy other people. Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll annoy someone. You'll annoy like one person, it's fine. You have haters, <laughs> right? But like that, you have nothing to lose, but everything to gain when you make LinkedIn content. You're gonna have people who don't like your content and you're gonna have people who love your content. But are you gonna focus on the 100 people that don't like what you're doing or are you gonna focus on the 100,000 people that love what you're doing? That is the question that I put out to everybody. So definitely create LinkedIn content because then you'll be able to network with so many more people and that can ultimately lead to job opportunities. So what's the link yeah, that, there? So if you can walk me through that process, sorry to cut you off, Jaden, but I'm curious to know, no could you fill in that blank with me? Let's say I'm an amateur and you tell me, Hey Harsh, you know what? You need a LinkedIn because it's going to help you with the job process. And I'm like, Hey, how does a LinkedIn help you get a job? Right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm confused about what's the process like. So, okay. I make a LinkedIn. I start posting content. What's that process like on how do I get to a point where I'm working for my dream company? Yeah. So, Let's say that you, let's say that Jaden applies to a job, say Google, he just sends in an application and that's it. Do you think he would get a response back just from an application? Unless he's extremely qualified, probably not. Exactly. Imagine this, imagine Jaden creates LinkedIn content. He's specifically building his personal brand where he shows that he is a subject matter expert in product management. He's been doing his research in regards to breaking into tech, posts us about it, networks, connects with people at Google, specifically in cloud. Then he goes, gets referred into Google cloud and the recruiter knows him simply because of his LinkedIn content. Do you think he'll get an interview? 90%. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much more, so yeah. the reason why I say make LinkedIn content is because we, What's, what's happening in our world today is that we're switching from having paper resumes and we're going all digital. When you can find a digital footprint of someone specifically on their LinkedIn, what they've done in the past, but not only that, what they have developed specifically in regards to their content. I can look at a person's content and be like, okay, Jaden, this, you seem like an amazing person. You're very intelligent. You're very hardworking. You know your things about XYZ simply from a LinkedIn post. For people who don't make LinkedIn content, I will only base you off your resume, which your resume are basically just words on a piece of paper and recruiters will only take 30 seconds out of their day to look at a resume because they get a thousand of those, right? So what is that? A thousand times 300, that's about 30,000 seconds. That's going to take centuries. So definitely build a personal brand around yourself because when you build a personal brand around yourself, 
then you'll have opportunities come to you rather than you always having to seek opportunities. I think the mistake that people make is that they simply go put all their effort into networking with people, reaching out, sending in hundreds of these applications and these invites. When in fact, why would you do that all the time? Why would you spend 100% of your time doing that when you can make LinkedIn content where people will then go look at your profile and then you go add them on LinkedIn? You basically consolidated and filtered all the people that you want to network with and they are going to you rather than you having to go to them. Okay. Yeah. So how do you monetize your business? Cause I know you, okay, you're doing this awesome service. You are educating a bunch of these younger kids and even older people on how to get a job in your dream company. Right now, this is a business. I'm curious to know, how are you able to monetize this for your own gain and continue doing this as a sustainable business? Yeah. So number one, we have services like one-on-one services. So we basically charge like consulting. It's basically like uh, per hour or per 30 minutes. So that's been doing extremely well. So that's one side of it. So we'll like do resume revisions, LinkedIn strategies, job opportunities, interview prep, et cetera. Um, and then the other one is partnerships with companies and universities. Um, those ones are very important to as well because then we partner with them. We help the students connect them to the companies and we go from there. And then last but not least, the workshops and speaking engagements. So most of them now are paid. Uh, most of them are. So we will partner with the university organization to set up an event. And then uh, it's been going really well. Like we've had about a hundred in the past year and a half. So it's been good well, to say the least. That's sweet. So um, yeah, talking about your business again, how do you think small businesses and businesses like yours can uh, effectively grow their business on LinkedIn? Uh, bring yeah. into business side of things. That's a good question. Because even for entrepreneurs, like people who are, because there aren't everyone's everyone wants to start their own business now. So that's something else outside of if you're not just looking for a job. How do you create your own brand? Yeah. So if you're a small business, like guys, we had about two thousand followers in the beginning of March. We have about ten thousand followers on the LinkedIn page for One Sultan, which is literally insane. It's about a five hundred percent growth. The reason why no, that's way more than five hundred percent. Yeah. So the reason why I say this is because if you're building out a small business, a small company, you have to create a community of individuals that believe in your product and your company. And how you do this is you simply interact with them. You engage with people on LinkedIn. That's what I do all the time. People always ask me, Jonathan, why do you respond to everybody on through message? It's because if you respond to everybody through message, they, you build that rapport aspect with these individuals, which could then lead to either clients or lead them to keep interacting with your content. You're taking the recognition from them. And if like, this is what I say all the time. If someone takes 30 seconds to respond to me, I should at least take 30 seconds to respond back to them because the recognition aspect, especially in today's society where people are not recognized for the work that they do is very important. And all you got to do is say a simple thank you and then maybe provide something that could be useful to them. So what I do is I'll give them a free resource, which they are really thankful for, and that will help them get into their career. And that's why I've been able to help hundreds of thousands. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, and another question that just came to me about LinkedIn. So, um, people like there's more, uh, business focused content, flying around the internet now, how would you, or what tips would you give to someone uh, to make their content unique and special to them and different from other people? 
Yeah. So what I say is your story is what's different. No one has the same story as you. You got to share your story and you got to be extremely transparent about it and vulnerable. Why? Because what happens is you'll notice that you are not the only person who has that story. Some other person might have a very similar story and share it with you too as well, which then creates rapport and creates a discussion. And then you're able to network with so many more people. That vulnerability aspect is extremely important on LinkedIn content because if you're fake, then people are going to notice it. But if you're real, people are going to be like, oh, wow, Jaden, like this is an amazing post. I'm so happy that you share this because I've been experiencing this too as well. And then guess what? You guys are now best friends and you guys are doing a podcast called right here. <laughs> so that's my uh, basically say. Yeah, that's um, awesome. On the job aspect, I'm curious to know, what is, uh, obviously, since you're now an expert in this field, what is the biggest mistake you see people making? You know, even younger students, when they are applying for jobs, and you're just you're like, oh, this, this is kind of stupid. Like, you should not be doing that. The mistake people make in the job search is literally what you just said. They're applying to the job. Why do I say that? Because let's say that you're applying to a job at Google. How many people do you think get apply to roles? A thousand. Let's just say the, the let's just say, operations analyst at Google. How many people do you think apply to the operations analyst position at Google? A thousand. How many people do you think get referred to the operations analyst position? 50. How many positions are available? One or two. If I were a recruiter and I had eight hours in a day, 40 hours in a week to find a perfect candidate for my role, why would I ever look at the thousand applications when I can simply look at the 50 referrals, go pick my qualified candidates from the referrals and go get my two people that I need? The mistake that people are making is simply that they're applying to the role and they think that they're going to be here back. And the crazy part is they keep applying, like they keep applying to different roles and like, obviously they get rejection letters that must say something. So if you keep getting rejection letters, you gotta do something different. Like, like if you apply to the same role at Google for the one at Facebook and you got rejected from Google, you're most likely to get rejected from one at Facebook. And how you change that system is you simply create LinkedIn content because you have people reach out to you instead or you get referred, you get referred to roles. And people are probably asking, how do I get people to refer me? You literally just ask them for a referral. It's that simple, like no cap. You just ask them for a yeah. referral. You, if you don't know anybody, go get, know, get to know someone. Yeah, you, so. Uh, yeah, just go reach out. Mm -hmm. So um, in 2020, like everyone's worried about uh, getting left on red and stuff. So what if uh, these? Um, That's just you, Jaden. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. No, no, no. Uh, what if? <laughs> what if these recruiters and these um, people in the business industry? What if they don't answer right away because they're super busy people? Should the person be like concerned with with that, or should they message them again or keep looking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that people have to get over the fear of rejection. You gotta just send messages. If someone doesn't respond, move on. Like there is thousands, tens of thousands of other people that you could potentially reach out to that could help you get into your career and you only need one response. That one response could lead to years of you getting that opportunity at a dream company. And I think the mistake that people make is that they automatically assume if you reach out to someone, they're not gonna respond back to you. When in fact, they just might. You give them that slim chance of opportunity. And if you get that slim chance of opportunity, just give it to them because then you'll see that people actually do respond, especially during these times of uncertainty. 
more people are willing to help you because they understand the struggles that you're going through, especially during COVID-19. Yeah. And that reminds me of something. Um, we had David Meltzer on the podcast uh, earlier next month, last month. And uh, uh, it was, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how you're saying the same thing because he said, ask people for help. A lot of the times, like you said, we assume saying, thinking, Oh, this person uh, will not help us because we think, Oh, why would they want to waste our time on us? But a lot of the times, a lot of these people want to help other people like us grow and get to the place we want to. So it kind of doesn't really hurt. And most of the times they, we think we're going to get a no, but a lot of the times it's actually a yes. And lots of people want to help uh, genuine stories and authenticity. Exactly. And I think too, as well, you give the professional or the person an opportunity to give back. Like for today's podcast, like you're giving me an opportunity to give back with words of wisdom to help other students and other job seekers get into their careers. You're giving me that opportunity. And I think that is the most important aspect of it because even if you don't have anything to offer, it's okay. You don't have to offer anything. It's not a transactional relationship. You just mm-hmm. be that someone just wants to give it back and you are giving that opportunity to do so. Yeah. yeah. So even, that was- that, even if it's not money, it's like a value in itself, right? You're still value creation. You make the person feel good about themselves. They get to market themselves as a person and their business as a brand and they feel good about that. They say, Hey, I'm, I'm doing something good for the community. These guys, the, the podcast or even one salty, whoever it is, they made it happen. They, they gave me a voice. Exactly. Exactly that. Yep. Giving me a voice and giving them an opportunity. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Jay, I cut so, you off. No problem. Uh, so like harsh was talking about, uh, he's trying to get uh, a job. Like it's like 3000 kilometers away in Toronto. Like, I want to move somewhere like in the States or Toronto as well. And LinkedIn is such a good source for finding these jobs and connections in other places like around the globe. How would you recommend someone go about if they're looking for a job somewhere other than where they live right now? Good question. So all you have to do is go on LinkedIn search. What school do you guys go to? University of Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to a different yeah. one, but yeah. Now, let's just say University of Alberta. Go to University of Alberta's LinkedIn page. Go to the alumni section. Click that button and click location Toronto. You will literally find every single person who graduated from your school that currently lives or is in the vicinity of Toronto. Then you segment it into whatever company. Let's just say Google. Just type in Google Toronto. You'll find every person who works at Google who's currently living in Toronto. Let's say LinkedIn, because I know LinkedIn's over there. You'll find every single person too as well. It's probably over a thousand people. I'm just giving you an assumption. But yeah, and if your school doesn't have it, it's okay. Literally just go type in Toronto, Google. Like guys, I'm telling you, it's so simple. Like people are going to be like <laughs> mind blown right now because it's so easy. I'm telling you guys, like the shit that I teach is very common sense. It's just that nobody knows about it. It's just that easy to do. That it and I can second this too, because um, you know what you're saying, um, we had Roman actually present uh, that uh, like a, a strategy to connect with people um, uh, through LinkedIn to get a job and in, my, in one of my classes. And uh, it's really cool because I, I executed on a strategy and I messaged a bunch of people in Toronto that are um, in industries that I want to get into. And, you know, funny enough, one of those guys was actually in Edmonton at that time. And he, he responded back. We ended up going for a coffee. I was like, hey, man, let me get this coffee for you. And he was like, he was, he was very thankful. He was very helpful, very nice. And he said, yeah, man, I know a bunch of people there. I'll look into it. I'll get back to you. And um, like, obviously, I, I, didn't get an, I didn't get an interview from that. But still, the fact that I got to a stage where I met this guy in person that I literally randomly just messaged 
uh, on LinkedIn and he was willing to meet me in person and he was willing to help me out, put in like two hours to have a conversation, get to know me. And he said, yeah, man, I'd love to help you. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like this actually works. People want to help you, right? Dude, 100%. And people who are listening to this, like offer to get them coffee, offer them to buy it, offer them lunch, whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing is that people, the mistake that people make, and sorry, I keep saying the mistake because there's so many mistakes that people make, but I want to change them, is that they don't offer. Like, just offer it. They probably won't even accept it. It'll be like, oh, like, it's fine. Like, I pay for my own. But still, you're giving that generosity. And why I say this too is because imagine this. Imagine me paying $20 for your meal, Harsh, and I go, let's just go, let's just say we go to happy hour and you work at Cisco that person's going to remember, you're going to remember that I paid for that $20. Right. And then a few months down the road, when I ask you, Hey, Harsh, I need help getting into Cisco. You know what you're going to do? You're going to help me because I gave you that $20 lunch. Why I say this is because a $20 lunch, a $5 coffee, a $40 dinner can lead to a hundred thousand dollar salary. Look at the long-term game rather than the short-term game because then you'll see that your mindset changes and that you can ultimately get into your career by simple, small tokens of appreciation. And it's just general generosity too, you know, even just not the person owing you something. It's just, Hey, this person spared two, three hours of their time for none of their own gain, right? They have no personal gain in helping you, but they're doing this just because you could benefit from this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, what can I do to repay you, man? Like, thanks for taking your time out. Time being the most valuable form of investment anyone can do for you. And it's a stranger doing that for you. So it's just a form of appreciation, whether it's a lunch or whether it's showing gratitude or even just a cup of coffee or even just offering, right? So it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a showing of gratitude and saying, hey, thanks for your time. Thanks for your help. I really appreciate that. And it's getting getting the professional out of the office, out of the work, work mindset. They probably just want to worry about something that's not about work for once. Another thing too, as well, if a professional takes 30 minutes out of their day, let's say an hour out of their day to get virtual coffee with you or actual coffee, that means they want to help you. No professional would ever take time to go get lunch or dinner or coffee with you unless they didn't want to help you or solve potential in you. So when that happens, you just got to ask for help. You got to be transparent. And that's something I messed up on in college. I never asked for help. I simply assumed that they would help me, but no one helped me because everyone thought that I was killing it because I was literally networking with everybody. You just got to be transparent and be like, Hey, I don't have a job yet. Can you help me? The answer to that question is going to be yes. No one would ever take time out of their day and say no, unless you had a really shitty conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the job process and what people can do and little things like that. But I'm curious to know, uh, hear about the other side, which is you as an entrepreneur on you starting this business. And, you know, you seem, you seem pretty young and actually you seem very minimalistic as a person too, you know, with, uh, how you dress, how you, um, (laughs) your attire, it's very, very minimalistic. And I appreciate that actually, but I'm just curious to know, um, what are your, what are your, your values as a person in terms of, know that define how you operate as an entrepreneur because i think your personal values kind of channel into everything and uh, i'd love to get to know more about that yeah so my values have to do especially with putting community first rather than me first the reason being is because the community is what builds the foundation for your company if you don't have any community 
you don't have a company. So you have to build a community of individuals that believe in you because if they believe in you, that in turn turns you into a positive mindset, which then helps you scale and grow. That value is extremely important. Number two, transparency, specifically in regards to my team, just being transparent with them in whatever I do, as well as getting their input. It's very important to be on a team where you can get input from multiple perspectives rather than your own. Because some person might come from a different background that could give you a perspective that could help you develop and grow your company. So those are two ones that I really do value, especially today. But yeah, that community part, so important. If you don't have some people who believe in you, you're not going to go anywhere. Make sure that those people are close to you and make sure that you recognize them for their efforts. Yeah. So, uh, and also talking about your business and entrepreneurship, what's your uh, time management secret that you can work at Cisco and then be working at Juan Salting and like fly off to Vancouver, give a presentation, do this, do that. What's your secret? Even personal life, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So my secret is this, you, you act really busy. <laughs> Why I say this is because like guys, to be honest, if I'm being real, I barely had any meetings today. I had meetings at six o'clock. I don't have any meetings before 10. I didn't have any meetings until 1 p.m. today. Like I'm serious. I act busy though, I look busy. I am kind of busy, but the thing is I put my busyness into productive hours. So I'll put all my meetings together. I won't put them separate. I won't put them in like one at 8 a.m. and one at 5 p.m. It's ridiculous. When you do so, when you do those different things, it's then you're able to be more productive. I don't have any, I don't have any means before 10 because I just do practice mindfulness nowadays because yeah, I don't have any means before 10 because just being mindful and especially during today's society where there's so many negative conceptions about things occurring, it's just very important to be mentally there because if you're not, you're going to get mentally exhausted. And so that's why this past week I've just been, man, I've just been grinding like, I told you guys about it before I have 30 companies and literally three days to speak at our speaker series, but that's just from the mindset, the mentality aspect. So yeah, how you balance it out is basically in regards to making sure that you prioritize your work, do it, do it. Don't do it on time. Do it early because you never know what other things are going to be happening and occurring and make sure that you are doing your work effectively. Like, Example, resumes, like I edit resumes, I turn off my phone because before it take three hours. I'm like, why the hell is it taking three hours to make for me do a freaking resume? Now it takes 30 minutes because I don't look at anything except the resume. Be efficient with your time. Don't get distracted. If you get distracted, if you look at your phone for two seconds and turn it 30 minutes, distractions, avoid them. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, especially because even with how our surroundings are, like there's so much, uh, like our brain has developed addictions to all these different things, our computers, our phones, um, all these different sources of dopamine. And it's really important to not only, um, you know, manage your environment, but also be aware about it and be aware of how you're using your time and not just staying busy, being busy, but actually being busy in a way that's efficient and productive. Like you said, uh -huh. yeah. And just put a time limit. I think people yeah. just get caught up on social media. Like I, 
I feel like social media is a drug and it's toxic because what happens is people get into this thing called groupthink. And when one thing happens, another thing happens and people then go agree with it. And then they all are bandwagoning it and they don't even know why they're bandwagoning it. They're just joining because they just want to join. Right. You guys have felt that, right? It's the toxicity of what happens. But the thing is, if you are mentally strong, you won't get into that. And, you know, realize that those things are wrong. Like don't, don't give into negative misconceptions of different things in the world because right now the world needs positivity, not negativity. That is what's wrong because yeah, like literally everyone is mad at each other, but like the reason why everybody's mad is because then another person gets mad, another person gets mad, et cetera. I always try to stay positive with everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's lots of mental health issues surrounded with like using Instagram and stuff too much. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even, um, you know, I've been, I've been actually doing a lot of research into this as well about dopamine and, uh, you know, there's been millions and millions of dollars invested into these devices, into these platforms like Facebook, Instagram, to make them as addictive as possible, as gratifying as possible, where, you know, now we're at a point where if my phone is on my bed over there, then I will, and I'm doing something, I will subconsciously reach for it and realize that it's not there. And it's happened. I don't know if it happens with you guys, but it happens with me all the time. Yeah, bro. You guys, I have this Apple watch. I hate it. I literally only wear it like a a little bit now because it just rings too Hmm. much. And you get that thing. You guys probably get it too, where you think something vibrates and someone texted you. And in fact, nobody texted you. Yeah. Nobody texted you. Nobody messaged you because you're a loner. No, I'm kidding. That's just because of (laughs) me. because no, no um, yeah, it's about really there. managing your environment to just for me personally i really like to use the do not disturb feature like oh, yeah. um like i have a, i have that on all the time like throughout the entire day all day every single day and i don't care whoever calls me because because think of it this way if my phone goes off as a call or as a text my phone is telling me when i should pick it up right uh-huh. it interferes with my thought whatever i'm in the middle of whatever i'm doing it interferes with my attention span and it tells me hey pick me up Right. And my phone doesn't shouldn't have that kind of control over me telling me what to do. I should be the one saying, hey, now I want to pick up my phone. Now I want to check my phone. I'm going to pick it up now. It's been 30 minutes or an hour. I will check what I'm, whatever message I've gotten and I'm going to reply to it. Not checking it every two, three minutes because it's going off like crazy. Yep. And you got to be mentally strong. That mental aspect is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, um, a good little topic there. But going back to one salting. You know, uh, as we kind of move towards the uh, closing side of our podcast today, I'm curious to know, what do you see Juan Salting being and what's the future for it? Yeah, so I mean, I hope that Juan Salting can be one of the biggest name players specifically with helping people get into their careers and being able to partner with a lot of universities, organizations. That's why I've been always working for the past few years in regards to building those relationships and partnerships with people because I really wanted to be able to grow and advance And I know there's going to be a lot of different bumps in the road. There's going to be people who don't like what I'm doing, which is okay. You know, we got to focus on the positive aspects of life rather than the negative. And that's what I always try to strive to do. And yeah, like I just want to be able to build it as best I can because I always put other people first. I always want to help people get into their careers. And this all started because when I was work, when I was at school, I literally helped everybody get into these companies and I never got into any of them. So, yeah, I mean, I just want to be able to help people as best as I can. And hopefully we can be able to do that soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. And uh, and just a couple of weeks ago, you guys had like your your uh, first, I should say first, like TED Talk. You guys are doing all this stuff and talks with a lot of people. Must 
be great that you guys are taking off right now. Oh. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, most of the events that we do, we don't reach out. It's all, they all reach out to us. And that is the crazy Perfect. part of it because it's all inbound. It's no outbound. Like 99% inbound, 1% outbound. That's a perfect yeah. situation right there. Yeah. And it's, it's really amazing how you talk about once ultimate because, and, and I, and I, and I use this as an example for anyone who wants to go into entrepreneurship, where what is your intention when you're starting any sort of company or any sort of business and not once in this entire, like past 40 minutes plus, have I heard you say anything about, Oh, I wanted to make money. Like, yes, you want to make money because it's a business, but most of your, you know, your genuine first priority intention is coming from, oh, I want to help other people. I wanted to help other people because I didn't get that help. I wanted to create this service where I lacked it from a personal experience. I wanted to provide this for other people and I want to see them succeed. I want to see them grow. And I think that is super, super key for any successful business. If you have that intention where you're going in with the model to help other people, I think you're very much likely guaranteed success as a business. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you focus on money compensation in the beginning, it's literally what's going to drive you. And then you're going to see the money not come in. You're going to be like, wow, I'm just doing this for the money. You got to do things because you are happy about it. You're passionate about what you do because then you can find that you can make a difference through that passion. And that's what I found in my own life. Yeah. And even that desire for money won't help you get through the tough times, right? When you realize, Hey man, this is, this is who I am. I want to help other people. This is why I did this. And that's going to help you push through those challenges that you face on, on an everyday basis, right? As a business owner, that's what you do every single day. It's a battle. So it's a battle. It's an internal battle, but you just got to push through. Mm -hmm. Exactly, man. All right. Um, as we come to a close, we always ask our guests one question and it's, you know, what is one word with us being game changers podcast? What is one word that allowed you to be a game changer in your life? Hope. Hope because the word hope is extremely important because especially with today, society, people just need hope. They need inspiration and hope because what happens is they think that they can't get into their career simply because of their background or who they are as a person when in fact you can. It's just that you need the tools that allow you to do so and you need the information that will help you get, get there. So if you have hope, and like in Star Wars, they say rebellions are built on hope. Well, I say that careers are built on hope too as well. And by doing so, you can turn from an underdog into a winner. Awesome, man. Love that. Um, so, you know, obviously going off of that, I'm curious to know if, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they get to you? If you, This is just like the time for you to plug yourself a bit on how someone can contact you. Yeah, so definitely add me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Javier. Uh, send me a personalized invite with a note saying that you were listening to the podcast today. And yeah, if you want to partner with us, definitely send us an email at partnerships at wonsulting.com. Or if you're interested in our services, hello at wonsulting.com. And then definitely follow us on LinkedIn, just wonsulting. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Jonathan. And uh, it's really a pleasure uh, learning from you and also being able to share all that wisdom with everyone uh, who is listening to this podcast because with, with the current situations, with the job market, or even with everyone looking to start their own business, it was amazing to hear 
uh, your knowledge and your uh, and what you've learned through your experiences so thanks again for coming on to the podcast um thank you guys for listening again uh, this is a game changers podcast inspired through isolation i know it's a battle with covid19 right now but i hope you guys are staying strong learning growing every single day uh and i'm sure there's something positive we can all get up from this um and Jaden, if you want to say any closing words uh yeah thanks for coming on uh I, I feel like I learned so much even uh, after following Juan Salting for a few months. I still learned so much that I didn't know about job searching in today. So thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. For sure. Thank you, guys. Uh, please like, subscribe. Check out our different other episodes. We have lots more content coming up for you. So stay tuned. Thank you guys for the love. We're very grateful for all the support you guys constantly show us. And we'll see you guys on the next one.